Kaminsky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Steve Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the wonderful Zach Mack, and today we have a very special guest. Known Diamondbacks fan, Penguins fan, Eagles fan, T-Wolves fan, and Miami Hurricanes fan, I don't know where he got that combo, but he's a great dude. He's host of the Corner Booth podcast here at Belly Up Sports. Mr. Jared Klim, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, as much as I'm not the biggest uh, puck guy in the world, I'm always rooting for Puck Puck Pass. And uh, go Pens, because, you know, we just keep winning. So it's all good. I can back you on that. I, I'm i a known Sidney Crosby defender and lover. So that's, that's uh, I think, the one reason you and me don't strangle each other. Is yeah. we <laughs> that's we yeah, that's the thing that, keep, that keeps us from doing that. Because, yeah, we, uh, we've been known to disagree on a few things. But uh, today I think we won't have to yell at each other too much. Uh, real quick, Jared, I did this. We've actually interviewed your co-host Kevin first. And I'm sorry about yeah, that it took me. this long. Um, but real quick, what, what do you do at Belly Up? Why should people go listen to Corner Booth Pod? So at Belly Up, I am one of the executives here, just like both of you two. I uh, run the personnel and HR department. So basically, if somebody screws up or if somebody needs to get canned or if somebody is not hitting their standards or whatever, just basically I'm the bad guy. And uh, I'm, I'm, Mike, I'm Mike and all the owners is hammer. They, they swing <laughs> when they don't feel like doing all the dirty work. And so I kind of signed up for this gig, but basically, uh, and then I also host the corner with podcast, um, which started off as a football column, just me making picks. And then Mark jumped in, we started doing a podcast and the podcast kind of grew up a little bit of a following. And we started actually making it our main thing. Like I actually skipped the first two weeks of picks and Kevin's going to start writing the article now for me. And my co-host and my other co-host Savannah's picks because uh, just I'm I just you know stretched in doing everything else under the sun apparently but uh, yeah no uh, corner booth podcast we try to be kind of like a hybrid of pardon my take meets the herd uh, we try to be semi intelligent what we talk about when it comes to like main headlines and sports and we're very football centric but we also try to keep it uh, loose like one of our topics basically is called a six pack and we tell you about six games for the week between college and pro we like and i basically crack a beer in front of the microphone to start it so i'm so oh yeah it, it's a, it's a, it's always a good time and uh both of you guys need to come on i feel bad i haven't brought you both on yet basically we are it's always me scrambling to get my two knucklehead co-hosts together uh even though god bless savannah and kevin because they basically keep me sane and even mark before them and Jack, who's filled in about three thousand times for the, all the combination, but <laughs> yeah, basically podcast? we have a lot of good stuff we're, coming we're, up. Um, we've had some great guys. We are an Apple right. Podcast on Spotify. It's Corner Booth with a K. You see that big red couch? Come, come uh, it, give it a look. It is a really cool podcast logo as well. I do. That was one of my first things I noticed uh, when I got to when I got to Belly Up because you guys had already been going. Uh, I always thought that was a really cool logo, but definitely. Uh, if you're listening to Puck Puck Pass still after 23 episodes, 
I know you're going to like Corner Booth, so definitely go check that out. Um, and we'll be sure to let you know if we're ever invited on, because I I would love to get in there and kind of pick Jared's brain a little bit, kind of send him off a cliff, because I love doing that so much. I mean, um, if you want any uh, want any evidence, that just watch one of the episodes of Sound Off. Want to get? I just stand up and Cage are swearing at each other by about the five minute mark. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty heated, but <laughs> honestly, Zach has been like my mediator through every brutal discussion I've had or debate I've had here at Belly Up. So when the three yeah. of us are with Mike on Sound Off, it, it's normally pretty smooth, other than a few outbursts. Uh, but I know you're in football mode right now, Jared. So we'll start there. Yeah. We're two weeks in. Uh, a lot of things we expected, some things we didn't expect. I think Lamar Jackson, right off the bat, has people way too overhyped. Uh, you know, he's he now he's even in his own corner of like not bad for a running back. Uh, so those teams are all doing well. Who's in the most trouble in the NFL after two weeks? Okay, so it's so funny to me because first of all, about Lamar Jackson. If you look at his tape, and I know you, and Mike, if everyone jokes like, "Oh, Jared doesn't watch film." I actually do. Lamar Jackson's reads through progressions through receiver one through five are good, and his ball placement is exceptional. And he throws a great deep ball. And with a guy like Hollywood Brown and those tight ends and a great running back, dude, KJ, your Ravens are going to be good for a long time. I love hearing and that. Fact, and also the fact that defense, that entire that, that defense is nasty. <laughs> that entire division is absolute garbage now. But basically, um, the the it's you know what I have two teams actually and they're also the most two hyped teams in the off season and it's the Bears and Browns and I actually yesterday in my show which is up on Spotify and iTunes by the way check it out episode fifty seven but I the Browns probably, the Bears. I said to Kevin I said they're gonna go seven and nine at best and if you look at both teams are okay well the Bears could go seven and nine too because they barely snuck out of they barely snuck out of uh, Denver. If it wasn't for a lucky pass, uh, a lucky uh, roughing the passer call, which is complete bull. Yeah. But the thing is, with the Browns, their their schedule gets harder and harder and harder. They have a couple. Their game at the end of the season. Yes, they play the Steelers twice. But here's the thing: Mason Rudolph's not a bad quarterback. He was keeping them in that game. Yes, there was an untimely fumble by a uh, unnamed Seattle running back who. Uh, <laughs> May have screwed a couple people over in fantasy, not me, but a, a, a friend of mine. Um, but basically, Mason Rudolph's not a bad quarterback. He was drafted to be Big Ben's replacement anyway, and I'm not compl- like the Ravens are going to run away with that division unless Lamar starts reverting back to his year two at L- uh, Louisville before he became Lamar Jackson days. But basically, the Ravens it's their division to lose. The Browns their schedule is awful. They cannot block anybody. The Jets were in that game until the fourth quarter, and Jamal Adams, Chris Herndon, <laughs> Sam Darnold, and a bunch of other starters. Oh, Tremaine. Tremaine Le'Veon Johnson, Bell. Le'Veon Bell were all not playing, and the Jets were still in the damn game. That is so embarrassing for a team that's been so hyped to win a Super Bowl. It's not good. Oh, and Jarvis Landry has disappeared. If you drafted him in fantasy, you want to shoot yourself after the first two weeks because he hasn't done jack. Is the problem? I did, I did draft him. Is the problem with the Browns on offense? Because I've I watched both games, and obviously yeah. they beat an absolutely terrible Jets team, but there still wasn't flow. There was no fluid motion. Is what, what's the offense looks absolutely flat to me? Okay, well, it's two things. Basically, it's a lack of chemistry. 
These guys, it's it's it looks like a Madden roster. Basically, it looks like that kid who's played Madden for the first time, and it's like, oh, I want this receiver, and that receiver, and this running back, and this tight end, and this quarterback. And it's like that. Yeah, it's great, but your defensive ends are great because you know Vernon and Miles Garrett might be the best one-two punch in the league, or at least top five. But basically, they're like, oh wait, they forgot the biggest thing: defense and offense. Championship teams have always been built from the out inside out. You go back to your Ravens back in the day, KJ, there's two titles. Haloti Nader, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed on defense. And then they had a serviceable quarterback, good offensive line, and a good running back. Yeah, and I mean, always- even I'll admit that Joe Flacco turned a switch in the postseason yeah. that year that, that he'll never have again. All right, and also look at Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia, Dallas, New England, same thing. All teams that are playoff contenders every year because quarterback, center, Offensive line, running back. Now Philadelphia might actually have a, a franchise running back in Miles Sanders. By the way, look out for this kid. Honestly, I watched this kid on tape at uh, Penn State, and then I watched him during the first game. Even against the Falcons, he looked impressive. The poor kid just couldn't get anything going because that Falcons road defense is ridiculous. Okay, so you bring up a good point with the Eagles. So I have yeah. one last question uh, on this topic, and then we'll move on to that. With the Bears, the, the, Bears, Bears the, the Bears are one of your two teams in the most trouble. Are they in a better spot because that division's kind of a crapshoot? Like, we don't know what Packers team we're going to get week in, week out. Kirk Cousins seems to be falling apart, and the Lions are the Lions. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. The Lions make games ugly, and that should terrify teams who cannot play defense. So the Vikings can't score points unless Dalvin Cook goes off. Because because Mike Zimmer has shown in his play-calling abilities that he not, does not trust Kirk Cousins. If they keep losing games and Cousins keeps jacking up three picks, don't be surprised if they're benching him. Because I, th- I think Zimmer and Mike Vikings management has had enough of this. And the, the Packers are the best team in that division talent-wise. But the problem is I, it's, uh, it all rides on number 12. Can they keep him healthy? Can they balance the run? Can that defense hold up? And then the, line, the Lions make games ugly. The Lions are going nine games this year, ten games, because you know why? They make you play to their style. Everyone's like, oh, they suck because they all they tied the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't a bad team. They can score. The problem is is they can't stop you late. Ergo, that's what you just watch have, Browns, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I just have no faith in in the Lions sticking with – see, like you say they make you play their game. I think they just make you play a game you don't want to play because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Like I'm a firm believer in no one truly has an idea in that Detroit locker room. Well, here's the thing about the Lions. It's not really about – Matt Patricia has his team. That's his identity. And his identity, he's a defensive coach. He likes making games ugly. They have a good running back now with Carryon Johnson. Matthew Stafford is not a stat patter as much as my former coach Mark Riley likes to say. Basically, Stafford is just a gunslinger who likes to win games. And a lot of the time – they have a, a great number one corner. They have a solid defense. They have good pass rushers. It's not like it's a bad team that the Lions have. You look at the roster sheet. I said before the season when I made my pick as the, to win that division, by the way, and everyone like scoffed at me, and I'm like, what am I missing here? If I'm looking at that roster 1 through 53, that's not a bad roster at all. That's probably the most complete roster in the entire league because I trust their quarterback. I trust their running back. Their offensive line's not bad. Their deep pass rush is good. Their secondary is good. Their linebackers are okay to good. And Matt Patricia has the team he wanted. 
Last year, the reason they lost so many games is because he was still dealing with all Jim Caldwell's scraps. See, I, I, I'm going to have to to brief – I could do a whole episode on it, but I won't. But we'll have to talk about same old Lions because that's a term that if you grew up in Michigan, you, you, you live and die by the term same old Lions because no matter how good the roster is, no matter how good the scheme is, coaches, Calvin Johnson – young Matthew Stafford, Reggie Bush, whoever's in the backfield, on the field, whenever, they find a way to screw it up. That's just what the Lions do. It's like how when you were talking about Cleveland, I have no confidence in them going into Pittsburgh to win because they fear Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's in their head. The Lions have an identity and it's screwing it up at the last at the, the last possible minute in the most Lions way possible. See, I, I understand that. As in, like, you know, I, I root for some teams that, well, my Timberwolves have made the playoffs once, like, no, three times in my life, like, in following basketball. And three of those times, three of the four, actually, were before I was even out of elementary school. But here's the thing. I'm used to uh, having a bad team to root for. But the thing is with the Lions is this year it's different. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Like, I remember the Reggie Bush team that made it to the playoffs. I remember the team that lost to Des Bryant on that in the oh, Cowboys and that hurt. BS call, it was a hold or something. It was something. It was the pass left. interference that they picked up and they turned the ball over on downs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was looking at. Basically, it was 2014. Basically, the Lions. It, it's more of a culture change. Patricia is a culture change. He's not Jim Caldwell. He's not Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Jim Schwartz should never have been a head coach. Jim Schwartz is a great defensive coordinator. He basically kept Philly in that game while Carson Wentz was trying to put together the pieces of that scrambled offense. And basically, yeah, everyone he made he blows one call and the game's over. But Philly had a shot to win it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into that more. But basically, with the Lions, they make games ugly, and that's their identity. But ugly games, quick. Why I am worried about the Bears? It's because of the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. Maybe the most overhyped, underproven, just bad. He's he's he, the problem. I don't see it. I, I don't know if it's blind faith by Bears fans or it's this reminiscent of, you know, oh, the Bears don't need a great quarterback. Well, I'm going to tell you a little something. Look at every team that's won the Super Bowl the last – even going back to Flacco because Flacco had a great postseason. Nick Foles was elite in the postseason two years ago. And Carson Wentz got them to that point and then Foles finished the job. You need good quarterback play to win – a modern championship. Okay, so you you keep tempting me with this point, and I we've, we we <laughs> talk about the NFC North so much it makes me sick. Yeah, I know, me too. That's I, why I, I hope I hope you're right for my family's sake and my wife's sake because she's a Lions fan. She's also a Patriots fan, but she's a Lions fan. So if they do well, so be it. But you keep tempting me with Eagles talk, so I got to bring this up. All and right, go for it. I know you could you could drill me on this for an hour. You're gonna hate this. But tell me why Carson Wentz isn't just Andrew Luck. Like we're we're only four years away right. from Carson Wentz being done as well. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to I'm going to drop some knowledge on you there quick. Uh, both of Carson Wentz's injuries were both on freak hits. Yes, he had injuries in college, but his first year he played all 16 games. He I'm not saying he's, he's like a pussy oh, know, or anything. Okay. Here's there's there's a couple differences. One, GMs. Howie Roseman's the best GM in football. Only Belichick might be even close. That dude turned a that dude turned the Chip Kelly dumpster fire into a championship in two years, and people don't talk about that. 
basically as an Eagles fan, that roster was awful. And how he flipped it in two years to a title, that's that should give him an that should give him an award or Hall of Fame nod right there. Two, the head coaches are different. Basically, Andrew Luck had functioning idiots on offense for his first two head coaches, and then finally got an offensive head coach last year with Frank Reich. Here's another thing: Carson Wentz is a gamer. He's a football guy. The thing with Andrew Luck is, and this is one thing that always I always bugged me about him. He was a, he was an intellectual first, extremely smart guy, but unlike Carson Wentz, Luck has things outside of football. He likes to travel. Like he has all these things, like to travel. He likes all this stuff, and everyone thinks he's a football guy. But a football guy doesn't quit unless he's got something on the outside. It's it's a it's a drive. It's a psychotic nature to have this. Carson Wentz. Here's one. It's, there's one play. I'm going to show you why he will always be in a completely different atmosphere to Andrew Luck. It was the touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey after he tore his ACL. He in stood the Rams game two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And threw a touchdown on a slant route. Basically, he's standing a half a yard from a defense from Aaron Donald and slings a rocket to Jeffrey off of one leg. I I've never I, seen can, that appreciate, I can appreciate plays yeah. like that. He's a gamer. That's the difference. Well, and the it, thing is, in watch, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Sunday night, I'm gonna keep this short. I'm trying to keep this short as much as possible. He loses Jackson and Jeffrey. 90% of quarterbacks in the last 20 years would have rolled over and said, fuck it, I'm done. I'm down by three touch. I'm down by t- two touchdowns. I have no shot at this. I have one playing one of the best offenses in the league. My defense is holding up by a threat of throwing two picks. Carson not only battles back, he gets them the lead and runs in for the game go-ahead touchdown. And after his defense blows it and his best receiver on the field drops the game-winning touchdown, he still gets them down within the red zone. I, that's what that's what separates him from about ninety from about eighty percent of quarterbacks in this league. There's only about eight guys, and I'm I'm loosely putting Dak Prescott in that eight who will make that play, who will drive down the field regardless of how bad it looks, and will try to win a game. It's Brady, it's Breeze, it's Roethlisberger, it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I could keep you know the Russell Wilson, you know the guys I'm talking about. Yeah, that's honestly, you you right. might be able to put Stafford in that conversation because that dude's a war yeah, in the regular season. In the regular season, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stafford, yeah. Okay, okay, but that's that's my other point. What else is there to go off of? We can't really say that Carson Wentz is like this super clutch guy right. or this great postseason performer. Like he's been very good in regular season games. Okay. But there is a level of separation between guys we know that can do it in the postseason. I love to bring up that Dak Prescott has a playoff win before Carson Wentz. I'm just saying, um, but there's not. Let me finish. There's nothing to tell you that Carson Wentz is like he's a great regular season quarterback, but we have no evidence to prove that he's that he can get it done in the postseason. And it seems like everyone's already made the determination that he can. Well, I'm going to tell those people right now. Because they're lacking common sense. Take that up with Taco Charlton or Demarcus Lawrence, whatever defensive end tagged him in the back with the helmet that knocked his that knocked his back out, and then take it with Mark Barron who blew his knee out. Or else he probably would have done even more damage than Nick Foles did in that playoff run. Or probably would have. I mean, last year Nick he, Carson should have waited till week eight to play, but they needed him because that f- offense was anemic. Are you are you worried about if they eventually or if they do make the playoffs as Carson Wentz is healthy and he's playing quarterback that he has? Butterflies because he hasn't played a postseason game yet. Yes and no, but Zach, back. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to tell you a little something. 
Do you understand how much excruciating pain that was for a competitive guy like him? Any competitor. Oh, I'm sure. So get your team to basically a dominant point where only two or three teams in that league even had a shot of beating you, and you beat one of those teams on one, especially as you got injured. So basically, the Patriots are the one team in that league who had a shot at knocking them out. Maybe the Jaguars, but come on, they had Bortles a quarterback. So basically, Wentz has to watch Nick Foles not only get him to the Super Bowl but then win the MVP and hear people for a year and a half talk about how they should keep him instead of – keep Foles instead of him. Yeah, Dude, I, did, I didn't this, agree this with that. A, I'm with you on that. This is a revenge tour. Like there are certain things – like I saw that man, a good Catholic boy, swear on national television. I'm like, dude, the lines are screwed. <laughs> They're done because you know what? I saw Carson Wentz curse. It's over. For for our hockey fans, the, uh, the Lions and Eagles played this week. <laughs> Yeah, for our football fans, um, you probably knew that. Okay, so I don't want to get you too riled up, and we can drop yeah, off the topic. I'm back down. I think I proved my point. Yeah, no, and I understand your point. I'm just saying I need more. I I totally agree. Okay, I totally agree. We finally wait, agree on something. Wait, wait and see, because you're gonna be your mind's gonna be blown. I maybe I hope I'm wrong. You know, I wouldn't be that anti Wentz if he played for like I don't know the Texans. So speaking of Texans, we know. JJ Watt used to play hockey. So there are guys who can do both yeah. kind of well. So I want from each of you, I want one player that you most, that not that you would want to see or anything like that, that you would put money on being able to play competitive. doesn't have to be NHL, but like could hang with other guys in the opposite sport. So I want one football player that could play hockey and one hockey player that you think could play football. Jared, you go first. Derrick Henry. Interesting. <laughs> Six foot four. He runs a four four at two hundred forty pounds. The guy's a tight end playing running back. And you gotta imagine with that kind of speed, if he could figure out the angles of skating speed skating, oh my lord, try stopping him on a breakaway. Like that's you you That's raise terrifying. a good point. You raise a good point, Zach. Who's your what hockey player? Adrian Clowney, who runs a four five at two hundred and sixty pounds and six seven. See, Alex Ovechkin is six three two thirty six, so he's not far off from Henry. So that would be interesting, Zach. Who's your football player that can play hockey? Uh, I'm gonna go with Jabril Peppers. Uh, I, he's just an all around athlete to me. Spent enough time. He's small, though, man. I'm not he sure to a hockey school. Oh, Jared, we don't do that here. <laughs> he, he spent enough time. We up don't do that here. He would, he would get a hang of it. He seems like an athlete enough. That I think he would, I think he could do it. Yeah, he did go to a hockey school, too. Jared, I will tell you the hill I'll die on is some of the smallest players in hockey currently are the best players. Patrick Kane, obviously being my yeah. favorite player, but he is. He's only 5'11 or 5'8. What is he, 5'9? He's, like, he's like 5'11, 6 foot. But okay, small yeah. oh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm old, uh, older generations. All right, and a uh, a hockey player that you want to, or that you think could play football, Zach, you go first. Uh, uh, naturally, I just want to say Dustin Bufflin because I think that you could put him <laughs> pretty much anywhere. Uh, I I don't know. I was gonna try to think of a surprising one, but I'll I'll just stick with Dustin Bufflin. I you could probably I I don't know technically how big he is, but he could be a he could be a pass rusher. I feel like maybe. I'll I'll find out where while uh Jared gives me his because I know his I know. uh his his hockey knowledge is limited, but let's see what he's got. I know, but he might not even be still playing, but I want to see Sedano Chara on the defensive <laughs> end, man. He is still playing, so that's a good that's a good pick. Six, seven. Dude, he is a monster. 
He, he he's like he he might be like a like a kind of like a white hockey version of Jadavian Clowney. He's I'd like love to see Zdeno Chara. So that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I didn't like having play like a Gronk kind of position. So we've got Dustin Bufflin at 6'5", 265, and Zdeno Chara at six seven two fifty. Oh, Bufflin's too small, dude. That's Damn, that's a lean D end. I think he'd be fitting well in like a four three pass rush yeah. game. Those are those are two really good choices. I was thinking like an H back or slot receiver type, and I was gonna go like Andre Kopitar. Okay. Dude seems like he's got quick feet. Probably, I mean, he's, he's got silky feet. hands. Yeah. Maybe you can make a few catches. What, what do you got on the football? That side? would be on the football side. It's tough because those. I just don't think those real tall football. Like I want to say wide receiver because they make. That would make the most sense, like a maybe not OBJ, but I got. I, I think I'm gonna say OJ Howard because it seems like he's never gonna get the football. So maybe we should give him some hockey <laughs> gloves and see how he does on the ice. Darren Sproles, Ooh. 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 yeah, Dude, he, he would be good. And he's got such quick little feet. He'd His hand-eye coordination is pretty man. good too. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I saw one time saw him palm a ball off his butt off his butt pad and pull it in for a catch. We'll, ha- we'll have to we'll have to combine efforts someday and do a uh, starting eleven on offense and defense of hockey players and just see how wild <laughs> that gets. Jared, I know you got to run, so let me give you one more quick topic because you're. Right. How, well, let me start this off because I don't think I have your actual answer. Do you love, hate, or just appreciate Tom Brady? I respect Tom Brady. Okay, so right. who has meant? <laughs> who has meant more? Uh, this is tough to say. Who is <laughs> hated more in their respected sport, Tom Brady or Sidney Crosby? This is a tough one because t- Sidney Crosby is hated for different reasons than Brady is hated for. That's true. Well, some uh, some of the same reasons, but Sidney Crosby is hated for yeah. more reasons. Sidney yeah. Crosby is basically a more successful LeBron James. I mean, I Basically, do love LeBron, so I, I, I like that. that. Means, yeah. I went straight into think mode right there. Yeah, so he's like basically like LeBron if he didn't choke in the finals every year. That's, Except for the Miami years. That's, he basically, when Sid gets to the finals, he's lost once. Like, like I, what do you want me to say? Like, he, Sid is chasing the great one, just like LeBron's chasing the great one. Sid doesn't choke, though. Yes, LeBron can be come off as a little soft sometimes, and so can Sid. But Sid plays on a good team. Also, Sid doesn't bounce around between cities. He's played with Pittsburgh his entire life. Yeah, yeah. and it's – I, I mean, thinking. even though those, neither sport – like, hockey doesn't lend itself to guys, to mercenaries, unless your name's Yamir Yager. Like that – Or uh, or Marion Hosa. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I I did. Well, then I, I pulled, you guys surprised I pulled that one out, huh? Yeah, that was a, that was a good pull. And then I remembered that he was a, a penguin. So penguin, and then he left. I will we, say, no, if he left, we lost to the Red Wings, and then we beat him on the Red Wings. That was yeah. the best thing ever. I'm like, yeah, f you, Fosa. Yeah, and then he, but then he won as a Blackhawk because everyone does. Um, yeah, I will say if one of if LeBron or Sidney Crosby is closer to the respected goat in each sport. Zach knows what I'm going to say, but Sidney Crosby might already be past his. I mean, I don't think LeBron will ever get to Jordan level, but if you hook me up to a lie detector test, I'd say Sidney Crosby's already there. Sidney Crosby's knocking on Gretzky's door. Gretzky holds so many goddamn records, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
when when goalies wore ten inch pads. That's the one problem with Crosby is that Crosby plays a more team oriented game. Gretzky scored a ton, bro, and it's uh, you know what? Even in Brady's aspect, Brady is a different vibe because quarterback is such a weird position because there's so many different types. You have the Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson types that are very mobile, can run the ball. Steve Young, I'd even throw in there. Russell Wilson, the guys who are more improvisers, less pocket passers. Then you have – like Michael Vick is still the greatest mobile quarterback, like running quarterback of all time. If Lamar Jackson can stay healthy and have a great career, he will suppress him. But bef- unless he does that, it will always be Michael Vick, even though he had that three-year hiatus for going to jail. But basically, Michael Vick, even on the Eagles until Chip Kelly, sh- until Chip Kelly showed up, was a threat to run for 40 yards every time. Oh, his comeback against the Giants will be oh, ingrained yeah. in my memory forever. I was so happy. But basically, with Brady, it's a thing. His accuracy, his preparation, the way he takes care of his body, the way he's a methodical killer. It's not even like, oh, yeah, he is Kobe with one more ring. It's basically, and I love Kobe. I'm the biggest Kobe and guy. Without Shaq. Oh my God! Listen, if you ever, if you, if you listen, if you listen to those teams, those teammates, Kobe ran those teams. Shaq would basically show up and play, and then go do Hollywood stuff. And that's know. why they got. Really yeah. Shaq. Oh yeah. He was he was a big issue. Listen, I know we kept you for way too yeah. long. I really appreciate the time. Um, don't I wish get, I could stay on here for another hour, but I got to do. I, we right we never we never stop talking. On your way out, you don't have to give me uh, an explanation. But is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? <sighs> Not first ballot, like third or fourth. Okay, so but he, I can I can respect that answer. He'll get in eventually, but his record is going to kill him. I, Six, one sixteen and one sixteen that will yeah. like shoot you. That's that's brutal. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Corner Booth Pod, a uh, legend among belly up sports and a great, great person to work with. We're so lucky to be able to have you on this podcast, and we will definitely join you on Corner Booth soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jared Klim. Oh, you guys are going to make me cry, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, also, check out my co-hosts, Savannah Dean and Kevin Langley. They're good follows as well. They know their stuff. All right, man. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. No problem, guys. Thank you so much. All right, and thank you so much to our guest, Jared Klim. Uh, always a fun interview, and I have a good time talking to that guy. Uh, we do we have more guests scheduled, and Zach works really hard to book these guests. Not that it's difficult to book our coworkers, <laughs> um, but I appreciate the work that Zach's put into that, and we'll bring you plenty more guests because it's a really good time. And I know it's rare that you find hockey fans that aren't fans of other sports because it can be such a niche sport, and everyone's kind of got – a team in another sport that they like to root for. So we'll cross over as much as, uh, as much as we can, but right now, dude, it's preseason hockey. My blood's going. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm heart's beating a little faster. Blood's flowing a little faster. I, I'll be honest. I haven't, I don't even know if they're televised. I don't even, to be honest, I don't check. I'm too busy, but I've seen a couple, a uh, couple highlights and it's, that's enough, man. It's enough to just, whoo, whoo, whoo. Yeah. Local markets are televising. NHL networks had some, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the Blackhawks game uh, last night. Fortunately, uh, I didn't realize until after that they had lost, so I didn't have to get all upset. Uh, then not only that, they lost to Detroit, so I had to hear about that for uh, most of my night. But the big news today, because we re- overreact to everything, uh, Jack Hughes comes right out, scores an overtime game-winning goal, and Capo Caco has had two 
by this point in the night, two silky, silky assists that I admittedly <laughs> was watching on Twitter for like 45 minutes. They are they are both very, very skilled uh, with the puck in their hand. It just it keeps getting better for these two. The storyline between Capo and and Jack Hughes is going to be so much fun all all season. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm. The first, one thing I'm keeping my eye on is who's the first two ten goals. I don't know why I'm like looking at that, but I I, I want to see who comes out with a fast start. Maybe neither of them be fast start. It's like first one ten goals and takes forever. But you're right. I'm I'm super excited about the uh, the potential um, rivalry between the two. I've seen the replays as well, so uh, obviously that's that's all things to get excited about. Yeah, it will be. I mean, talk about perfect location for the top two yeah. picks. Uh, that are going to have, I mean, NHL 20 did like the, we simulated Jack Hughes and Capocacco's whole career. And I swear they just took like the baseline for Crosby and the baseline for Ovi. Cause it was like, Kako had a ton more goals than Hughes, but Hughes still had like a hundred more points. <laughs> I'm like, you guys aren't even being creative yeah, at this right. point. Like you're literally just copy and paste. Uh, but even as we record now, it just goes to show you how little effort, like good teams put into the preseason, like Ottawa stomping Toronto right now. Uh, Radko Gudis did score for the Capitals, which was interesting. Uh, the guy hardly ever scores, and he goes out in the preseason with his brand new team, scores a goal, assisted by Ovi. I'm not excited to watch Radko Gudis play. Uh, and this continues for a while, but man, we just every single episode, I got to say the same thing because I'm more and more excited. Um, but this is the type of stuff when I start getting like the the goal notifications yeah. on my phone. Like this is, this is when it starts. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up real quick before we get like full dive into preseason. Cause it kind of happened during our last episode and we've only really shared our thoughts on your stream, which uh, was super fun by the way. Um, but the Mitch twitch.tv slash belly of KJ, <laughs> the, uh, the Mitch Marner signing, we mentioned it on the last episode, but uh, we didn't have the details is what is 10.892. Was that, I th- yes, or eight eight five. The last two digits had some meaning. I had read somewhere. It was. I think it was nine. Oh, nine, nine three. Nine three is that what it was? Okay, yeah. So, um, but let's. What are your thoughts? I know we shared a little bit on the stream, but uh, we don't have all the listeners there, so I'll let you start. Listen, I. Oh, it was ten point eight nine three. Yeah. So, I listen. The only reason I'm upset about this contract is that we didn't get to see a successful Maple Leafs team without Mitch Marner. I, they're, they're probably, obviously they're better off with him. I don't think they were much worse without him, but he's a guy who can facilitate the facilitate the puck really well. You know, he is a good player. I don't really like, I like watching Toronto win because it just sends the whole hockey world into anarchy and everyone's looking for, you know, their jokes from the last time they won a cup and everything like, because that stuff's so old already that it's just, it's oh, yeah. nonstop, especially when they're good. And if Mitch Marner makes them good, if Mitch Marner helps Austin Matthews win a cup, so be it. But I don't think Austin Matthews needs no. Mitch Marner. Oh man. He just reminded me of something. But anyway, with Mitch Marner, get your money, reset the market. You know, he's still a winger. He's still a young kid. So um, not getting eight years didn't really surprise me, but over 10.5 did surprise me. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how Toronto manages us, but they're going to be yeah, good. And again. I liked uh, your thought when we talked a little bit off air about uh, 
how does the Nylander uh, situ- or contract look now? And obviously, we both agreed it looks, it looks better now. Um, I mean, obviously, with all the drama that abroad, he's still got stuff to prove. But yeah, it's almost like it's almost like it was too early. Yeah, it probably Maple Leafs fans yeah. are probably pretty happy with with the Nylander contract nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. I'm not like I said, I'm not too heavily invested in the Maple Leafs, but they they do always have a storyline. So and, and that's the way the business works. So, uh, oh my God, Austin Matthews just scored. Okay, so happy days. But uh, let's take let's take two minutes here because. Those of us that follow us on Twitter saw this already. What is your problem with Austin Matthews? My my problem. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So my problem is that he there is. It's kind of like, man. I don't know. How, I don't know how to parallel it, but he gets thrown into this. For those of you that didn't see it, it's the mustache comparison with Sam Bennett. And you made a good point. Sam Bennett's is, he's got obviously the gnarliest mustache, but Matthews got one you can take a date out on. It's. I just don't like he grows a mustache and all of a sudden he's thrown into the best mustache conversation. It's almost like the Vegas Knights get thrown into the league and then they're Stanley Cup final. I just hate that people are there's so much ridiculous love for Austin Matthews that I just want to play devil's advocate. So it's not that I I have anything against him. I just he's getting crowned this golden boy for like he could grow a mohawk and people would go nuts. Yeah, no, I can honestly say we would. I would I would love that. As someone who shaves the side of their head, uh, I can appreciate a, a good mohawk. I absolutely see where you're coming from, and I respect it because we all have to do – I just did it with Jared on the interview with Carson Wentz. Like, you, you have to be that guy every once in a while. Um, I know you don't hate Austin Matthews, but I thought your initial re- response was just – it. <laughs> It's it's just funny being able to to be on Twitter knowing that like we agree on ninety five percent of things. So I really have to blow everything out of proportion when we disagree. Oh yeah. What we're not going to disagree on is our brand new segment. I don't have sound effects okay. in my editing software, or else I would put a sound effect in there. Did you did you tell Maria what this was? Because you did not tell me. I didn't tell anybody. No, she's in the dark too. Okay. Uh, so good luck editing a uh, a brand new segment that you knew nothing about. So we are a Vegas Golden Knights supporting podcast. We are very high on Mark Stone in his Golden Knights. So here's a little segment I like to call the nightly news. Ooh. Each time we record, because as we've said a million times, and please be ready for this, two podcasts a week throughout the entire regular season, one episode a week, whenever we can jam the most Vegas Golden Knights news uh, into one episode, because obviously as a Vegas Golden Knights podcast, we could talk about them all day. Uh, We are going to have a nightly news segment. Obviously this is just the start and we're only in preseason. So there's not a ton to talk about, but like any good anchor man, I brought the scoop. So it's time for our first edition of nightly news. Uh, Zach, I'm assuming you saw the score of the Vegas Golden Knights First preseason game. If you didn't, they won five to nothing. Yeah, they're playing the Yotes. They were playing the Avalanche. Oh. The CO throws people off. But yeah, it, uh, they thwomped the Avalanche last night. Uh, five nothing. Brendan Peary scores two goals. Valentin Zykoff, two points. And boy, did he have a nice move on his assist. He, he I'm assuming he's NHL ready. 
But he made moves around really big guys that will last in this league. He made them look silly and then dishes off to Peary for his second goal of the night. Like he was a very surprising early, like his stocks rising early in the preseason, I guess, if you want to put it in like draft terms. But he really impressed me. And tomorrow night they go up against the Kings. What I want to know from you during nightly news is what about this team other than Mark Stone? Because we talk about Mark Stone all the time. There's a lot of storylines with their rivalry with San Jose and where that ranks among the NHL's best. To Mark Andre Fleury kind of getting up there. Nate Schmidt off of steroids. How good is he going to be? What's the storyline? And not can they get back to the playoffs? Because that's the question for every team that made the playoffs the previous season. But if you're looking at the Golden Knights, what is on your mind, I should say, going into, you know, October as the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, so the biggest thing for me is I uh, wrote three keys to the West. Um, the article, go check it up, Belly Up Sports. I mentioned the Knights. Uh, they were one of the keys, and it's their chief to Indian ratio, um, if you will, so leaders to followers. They Part of the reason I thought they were so successful is they had the backbone of Marc-Andre Fleury when they broke into the league, and then it was that they didn't have any chiefs on their team, and it was everyone was just playing their own hockey, and as they add more and more pieces, uh, Stone, Pacioretty, and guys like that, it's my biggest question is can they keep the identity that they've had? And that's a well-rounded team. Everyone plays their own brand of hockey. That's that's actually a good point because when you start – see, the problem is is they don't have the usual expansion experience so where like it's an AHL team that struggles and they add a piece and they struggle and they add a piece. Like they're not the Oilers, let's say. So, because they just keep getting first round, high first round talent, uh, they they have to build on talent that's already there, which doesn't actually work out for too many teams. So that is an interesting point to look at. Mine is just going to be: Can Gerard Gallant keep it up? Can Gerard Gallant stay a good coach with his head on his shoulders and just kind of stay the course? Because Vegas does never really had to change much about the way they played because the pieces just weren't there. And now the pieces are there and they can keep playing the same style without really missing a beat and being a better team. It's just really up to Jar Gallant whether or not he can keep this team with a singular focus and also not get in his own head and say, okay, well now we have, you know, player X and we've got to change the game plan for him. No, keep the game plan and make sure player X knows where he's supposed to be on the ice and what the game plan is. I think if he does that, this is a scarier team than people are already saying. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, KJ. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with the end of Zach Mack's audio. Uh, That's what we get for hastily trying to download and get to the other things uh, we had planned for that night. So uh, I assure you did not miss anything. Uh, I would fight tooth and nail to get that audio back if there was any gems uh, within that, but there was not. There was only about five or six minutes left of the recording, so I'm really sorry uh, we couldn't get that to you guys, but Nightly News will be back. Two episodes a week will be back, uh, and obviously Belly Up Zach Mack and I will be back. So make sure you go follow us on Twitter, like I said, at Belly Up Zach Mack, at Belly Up KJ, uh, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod. We appreciate you guys listening so, so much. Um, We will see you next week.
Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod. Thank <laughs> you.